If you would take your Bibles back to John chapter 18. John chapter 18, we've been going through the gospel of John and, and we've seen the life of Christ and um, the ministry of Christ. And as John wrote that there were many miracles that um, Jesus had done, but seven he was going to give us to prove that Jesus is the Christ, Jesus is the Son of God, and that understanding that, believing that, we would come uh, to faith in Christ and receive eternal life. And so we've come through those miracles and we had the time where Jesus uh, sets aside with his disciples those uh, 11 that were closest to him. At that time, Judas had already in his heart decided to betray Christ. Christ had sent him out, and Judas was away getting ready for that betrayal. But Jesus was there instructing uh, his disciples. In chapter 17, we had Jesus' high priestly prayer. And we come to chapter 18, where Jesus has been betrayed. He has been arrested. And we saw last week what we called the religious trials of of Jesus. He's going to go through some six different questionings or trials, both religious and civil. And uh, last week we looked uh, shortly at the religious trials and questioning. Today we come to the what is called the civil trials. And Jesus will be brought here in these verses before Pilate for one of these trials. And the reality is he has these multiple trials uh, and everyone is trying to literally pass the, the buck to the next person because nobody could could find fault in Jesus. Nobody could find a reason uh, to put, find him guilty and put him to death. Because ultimately, he's going to go to the cross, not for his own sins, his own wrongdoings, but for your sin. Jesus died for, for my sin, and he went to the cross to take the, the wrath of God. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that God made him him that knew no sin, speaking of Jesus, to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Eventually, those papers are going to quit falling over there. So um, there's only so many left. You know, there we go. All right. So <laughs> praise the Lord. Now you can focus on me the rest of the sermon. It was getting on my nerves, so surely it was bothering you, right? So... Now, where were we? All right. Was I done with the sermon? Ready to go home, right? Um, you know, it's easy to talk about, you know, religion and, and be religious. And so many in the middle of religion miss, miss the point. And, and, and the point of what God is trying to get us to understand and, and we'll see that today. So many religious people miss the truth. And so what I want you to understand today, apart from Christ, you are the enemy of God, dead in your trespasses and sins, the Bible says. And because of our sin, we're separated from God for all eternity. And when we die, we will enter into hell. We don't like to talk about that in our world today. Nobody likes to be held accountable. Nobody likes to think about consequences. But the truth is, because of our sin, we're separated from God. And we will be cast into hell if we die and leave this world in our sin. But God sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross, to take the wrath to be the punishment for our sin. And when we turn from our sin and what the Bible calls repentance, the idea is they're turning from ourselves and from our sin, turning to Jesus Christ and putting our faith in Christ and what he did on the cross, in Christ alone, we receive the gift of salvation. 
And that's the, that's the truth of God's word. And God wants us to, to understand that reality. And I want to start the message off with that truth because if you miss that truth, you miss the whole point. But in this section of scripture, Pilate's going to ask Jesus, a little sarcastically, the question, what is truth? What is truth? And we will see in this passage, as often occurs even in the world today, that the issue of truth really doesn't matter. People might ask that question, but nobody really wants to know the truth. We've become so blinded by many things in our life that we're when we're presented with truth, we either can't see it, we won't see it, or we just, we just don't care. You see, the secular view of truth is that we all have our own truth. Truth is based on our experiences or our, our feelings. And even in the church, we're starting to buy into this secular view of, of truth. But at the forefront of this message, what we have to come to understand and we have to come to see as reality is, truth is not relative, truth is not subjective, and we don't make our own truth. It was Josh McDowell that wrote this, truth is objective, why? He goes on to say, because God exists outside of ourselves. It is universal because God is above all. It is constant because God is eternal. Absolute truth is absolute because it originates from the original, speaking of God. And then he goes on to say this, and I think this is the crux of the matter. He says, we are all entitled to our own beliefs. But this, this doesn't mean each of us has our own truths. Our beliefs describe the way we think the world is. Truth describes the objective state of the world, regardless of how we take it to be. Beliefs can be relative. Beliefs can be relative, but truth cannot. So when we consider the nature of truth, that it is an objective description of reality, it makes no sense to say that something is true for you and not for me. And, and this is where the struggle is. We say, well, that might be true for you, but it's not true for me. And the reality is there is only one truth. Truth is truth. Now, you might view that truth and have a different belief system than what I do. You might look at that and say, well, I don't like that truth, and so I'm not going to follow that truth. I'm not going to believe it. And you can believe whatever you want. It doesn't change the truth. You can tell me there's no God. That doesn't change the fact of the reality of God. You, you can tell me the Bible is not the word of God. That does not change the truth that the Bible is God's word to us. It is the inspired word of God. And it is objective, not, not subjective. See, your belief system is subjective. You can determine to base your belief system on Jesus Christ and on the word of God or based on your experience. Your beliefs and my belief does not change truth. And this is where our world struggles today. Everybody wants to have their own truth because truth holds us accountable. Truth questions our belief system. Truth challenges our faith. 
And what we have today is even people that claim the name of Jesus act just like the religious leaders in, in the scriptures that we find. We want our own truth so we're comfortable in our own skin. We want our own truth so we're comfortable where we are. And so what we ha- say is we don't want people, we don't want people to, to judge us. And so, okay, you have your truth, I have my truth. You might see it differently than I do. And I'll be honest with you, there's some things in life Different, differently than you are, and God didn't say, thus saith the Lord, but there's some things in the Bible that we're going to be honest. Truth is truth. And this is what God says. This is what we're going to hold to. This is reality despite, despite your experiences, despite the circumstances of your life. Father, thank you for your word today, and I pray as we look at this passage of scripture, you would challenge us in our our belief system, Lord, in our faith. Lord, if there's somebody here today that doesn't know Christ as their Savior, I pray today would be the day that they would receive Jesus by faith. And I pray for those of us that are Christians, Lord, that we would be challenged in our walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Last week, as Jesus was before the religious leaders being questioned, he was charged with the issue of blasphemy. Jesus uh, was unashamedly promoting the fact that he is God in the flesh. And he was the one that came to die for the sins of the world. But the Jews could not, um, the Jews, um, could not sentence somebody to death. They, they, they wanted to kill Jesus for his teaching, but they could not sentence somebody to death apart from the Roman government at that time. So they leave the high priest and they go now to Pilate in order to get him to sentence Christ to death. Not just death, but Death by crucifixion, which was popular amongst the Romans at at that time for the criminals of that day. And so as they come, we begin to see not the, not truth, but the belief system of these so-called religious, so-called Jewish leaders. So number one, as we look at this passage, we see bondage over truth. Men love bondage, even, I mean, love to disregard truth, even if it brings them into bondage. Notice verse 28, if you would. Then led they Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment, and it was early And they themselves, notice this, they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. So the Jews bring Jesus to Pilate, but the Bible tells us that they stood outside of his dwelling place, outside of his home, would not even go into the courtyard um, because they believed that entering a Gentile's home made them unclean. You see, the Gentiles of that day didn't do the things that the Jews did, um, and they might have yeast on their property, and they weren't following the, the Mosaic law, and so it would be unlawful for these Jewish people to enter uh, into a place where there was yeast, unleavened br- or leavened bread, and then partake of, of the Passover. And so we see here that in the middle of this struggle, in the middle of this battle, the Jews were choosing bondage to the law over freedom in Christ. See, they're, they're, they're so focused on the law and, and the portions of the Old Testament scripture. Let me repeat that. They're so focused on the portions of the scriptures that they want to follow that they're missing the point of who this is and the freedom that they can have in Christ. Many of us do the same thing. We love to pick and choose from the Bible what we want to follow. 
and what we want to what we want to obey. And we do the same thing in our church today. Well, you know, if I if I believe this, if I if I want to follow this, or if I'm if I'm uncomfortable, then I'm not going to believe this. I'm not going to to follow this. And we kind of pick and choose, and we want to play with the scriptures instead of saying, listen, this is what the word of God says, so this is what I'm going to follow in my life. And so they were choosing rather to keep themselves under the bondage of the old, old system instead of seeing the truth that is right before them. Paul said this in Galatians chapter number four, verses four through 10, but when the fullness of time was come, Speaking about Jesus coming to the earth, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. How be it? And this is what he, where he asked the question. How be it then? When ye knew not God, ye did service unto them which by nature are no gods. But now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? And listen to what he says. Ye observe days and months and times and years. And he goes on in that passage to use the illustration of Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar from the Old Testament, where Hagar was the bondwoman or the slave woman. And so Paul says that we are not the children of the bondwoman, but we are the children that are free. And you see, they could see, they could see the law. They, they could see their practice. They could, they could see their religion, and they could feel proud about themselves. But, but they, couldn't, they couldn't see the truth. And you know, one of the things that was true about these religious leaders is that they had, they had put so much emphasis on the law, they began to create new laws and, and sub-laws and subcategories. There was no way possible in that day that you could keep the laws that that man had established for themselves, for, for, their, for their religion. And, and, and there was no way that they could keep the laws that they were trying to, to, to follow in that day. So they began to pick and choose. Okay, if you do this, then you're spiritual, we're right with God. And if you don't do this, then you're not spiritual, you're not, you're not right with God. And when somebody challenges them, you know, well, what about this area? Your law says this. And, and they try to argue that away and try to bring your attention away from that because they wanted to do the things they wanted to do. So they wanted to follow the truth that they wanted to follow. And they wanted to disregard the truth that they wanted to disregard. And yet they found themselves constantly putting themselves in bondage. You see, they could see the, the religious laws, but they missed the truth of freedom through Christ. You see, many people, even in our day and age, listen, you go to church, hey, listen, you, you do the religious activity. But then when you leave, you miss the, the point of having a relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, I, I am a, a believer in Christ, not just on Sunday, but on Monday too. And the freedoms that I have today on Sunday, and when I'm going through religious services just like this, the, the, I have the same freedoms on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. But the same is true. If I'm to honor God today on a Sunday, and I'm to honor God at church, listen, I should be honoring God on Monday and Tuesday, and I should honor God at work, and I should honor God when I'm playing, and I should honor God in my family. But what has happened today in our world is, listen, we've separated the religious from the, the secular aspects of our lives life. 
and we pick and choose what we want to obey and when we want to obey it. And really what we're doing is on Sunday, we kind of put ourselves under this religious law. Like, okay, if I don't get up and go to church today, then I feel bad about myself. But I'm involved in immoral activity on Monday, and I don't necessarily feel bad about myself. You see, we kind of find ourselves in the, the mindset of the, the Roman Catholic Church. Listen, you sin all week, go to confession on Saturday night or Sunday, then feel good about yourself, and then you go back into it. And it's like we compartmentalize these things. And what we do is we're putting ourselves under the bondage of, of this system. Listen, it doesn't work. You can fool yourself and believe that you're right with God because you're here today. But if you're not living for God on Tuesday and you're not living for God on Saturday, and don't think that God is pleased with you being here today and you're making, because you make yourself feel good because you're at church. Hey, listen, God is pleased when you go to church. And God wants you to go to church. And listen, God is pleased when you read your Bible. And God is pleased when you pray. But not just on Sunday and not just when you come to, to Grace Baptist Church. But listen, it's each and every moment of our life. There's this, not, there's, there's this false dichotomy that we have out there in our world today. That listen, I'm a Christian at church and, and I do the spiritual things at church. And then it's different when I'm out there in the world. And when I'm living my, my life. There's no, we don't separate those two. We're a Christian on, on Sunday and Tuesday and Friday and every moment of our life. And we need to live like it and serve God no matter where we are. We don't serve out of duty. We don't serve because we're in bondage. We serve out of a love for God. You see, I, I serve God not because I want to earn more favor with God. I serve God because he saved me from my sin. And I'm so grateful and I love him, and I'm so thankful for what he's done for me in my life. And it just pours out of me that I want to serve and honor him. Not because I have some checklist of religious activity that I'm trying, I'm trying to do. Hey, listen, if you have a checklist in your relationship with your spouse, and you feel like, well, I did my duty, and then I just go on my way and live however I want, guess what? You're not going to get very far. Because your checklist might not be her checklist. And her checklist might not be your checklist. We don't serve our spouse and our kids out of duty and this expectation we do because we love them. Because of the relationship that we have. And this is what these guys were missing. They were, they were putting themselves back under bondage over truth. Number two, we see the opinion, opinions of men over truth. And this is where we all struggle, let's be honest. But look with me, if you would, in verse 29. The Bible says, Pilate then went out unto them and said, what accusation bring ye against this man? So verse 28 tells us they wouldn't go into Pilate's house. So what happens? Pilate comes outside. And you'll see multiple times, Pilate comes out to the Jews, goes into Jesus. Pilate comes out to the Jews, goes in to speak to Jesus. Multiple times because they would not come in. But he goes out to them and he asks them, okay, what's the issue that you have? What is your accusation? And then notice what they say, verse 30. They answered and said unto him, if he were not a male factor we would not have delivered him up unto thee. And so here's what they say. We don't have an accusation at this point, but we want you to take our word for it. If he hadn't done evil things, then we wouldn't have brought him to you. Hey, listen, if, we, if he would not have done evil things, then we would not have brought him unto, unto you. In Isaiah chapter five, Isaiah gives a, a list of woes. And in verse 20, he says, Woe to them that call evil good and good evil, 
that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that, bu- that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You see, these guys look at Jesus and they say he's evil because he's saying that he's God. He does not match up with our religion. He makes us feel uncomfortable because he said, I am the way, the truth. And nothing apart from him uh, is, is true. And, and so we don't like that. And so what we're going to tell you is just take our word for it. He, he has done evil. And so they wanted Pilate to take their word for it. And, and in their opinion, Jesus deserved to die. And here's the issue that we often find ourselves in. All of us have our opinions. And unfortunately, just as these men and these leaders, oftentimes our opinion blinds us to the truth. You know, I, I have learned in life that I am right about everything. And you don't believe that? Come on, people. I, you know, we all believe that. Somebody asks, so, you know, people say, well, one day I'll figure out that I was wrong. Hey, listen, I don't believe I'm wrong about anything. If I did, why would I believe it, right? Let's be honest with ourselves. I know I'm probably wrong about something, okay? But I don't believe I am. And that's where the struggle is. And when we take that mindset into our life, and that's how we live our life, we're going to find ourselves a lot of struggles. So what I do is I have my opinions, and I come to the Bible. And when the Bible says my opinion and my viewpoint is wrong, guess what? I want to change. I want to change to match up with the Bible. I want to know what does the Bible say about what I think. The problem is, is we try to come to the scriptures with our opinion and our theology and our viewpoints and our heritage and what we come and we, we want to bring it, our foundation and what we, and our beliefs, and we want to come to the Bible and we want to twist and turn the scriptures to justify what we believe because we want to hold to our opinions. And listen, it, it, and then what happens is our opinions becomes truth. I've learned a long time ago, it's okay to have different opinions. There's just some things we're, gonna, we're just going to disagree on. It's okay. Listen, in our home, we have different opinions about things. My wife and I were talking about something this week, and she's like, I know you don't see the way I see it. I know because you're wrong. I mean, come on, let's be honest. You know, but that's our viewpoint oftentimes. And everybody in here that knows me and knows my wife, you believe my wife is right and I'm wrong. So don't lie, okay? You all believe that. But we all have our opinions and we all have our viewpoints. And we want uh, our opinions to, to be the truth. And when these guys come, hey, hey, listen, Pilate, he has done evil. So just listen to what we're saying and just, and just put him to death. And what, what they're saying is their opinion is more important than, than truth. Their opinion is more important than truth. Number three, then we see desire takes precedent over truth. Not only do our opinions take precedent over truth oftentimes, but our desire. Verse 31, then said Pilate unto them, take ye him and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, it is not lawful for us to put any man to death. And so they knew that they could not put him to death based on the Roman laws, the Roman government, and, what they, and the laws that they had passed. But verse 32, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spake, signifying what death he should die. And so God had prophesied that Jesus was going to die. But we see here their desire. They wanted a certain outcome. And they were going to do whatever they had to do to get their way. And so Pilate tells them, judge him according to your law. But our law isn't sufficient because we want him, we want him to die. 
Now you can go back through the Gospel of John and you've seen over and over, they wanted to put Jesus to death. This isn't something new. This, they wanted to put Jesus to death. Every, almost every time Jesus claimed to be God, they wanted to put him to death, but it wasn't time. So Jesus was able to walk through the midst of them and Jesus was able to leave. But now Jesus says, my time has come. And so what happens? God is giving them the desires of their heart. The Bible is very clear that we're not to lean on our own understanding. We're not to lean on our own understanding. Why? Because our understanding is foolish. Our understanding is flawed. It brings, and it brings the consequences with that. When we live in such a way where we have to get our desires and we have to get our way, guess what? Most of the time it turns out bad for us. You know, the world says, follow your heart. And God says, your heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? We don't need to follow our heart. We don't need to follow our opinions. We don't need to follow our desires. We need to follow God and God's word. And so what happens oftentimes is we want the desires. We want what we want. And so what happens is we find people in immoral relationships. Why? Because I love him and I love her and I want to have this relationship. We find people that are addicted to drugs and alcohol. Why? Because I want to feel good. I want to forget my problems. I want what I want. We find parents abandoning their kids. Why? Because th there's, there's, this, this, there's freedom that I want in my life and, and having these kids uh, attached to me doesn't allow me to do the things that I want to do. And we live in a selfish world. And so when we're seeking uh, to follow our desires because we're selfish, we oftentimes sacrifice truth and reality in what is. And, and we're ultimately going to suffer the consequences. And we see that in our world today. I mean, we support a ministry here at Grace Baptist Church, a ministry to fatherless families. And you see the, the statistics about the fatherless families in our society. Why, why are there so many that are fatherless? Because people want the desires of their heart. They want to have an immoral relationship. They don't want to follow through with the consequences of the results of that immoral relationship. They, they, they don't want to deal with that. They just want what they want. And that's why our society's messed up. That's why our society is in the state that it's in today. Because my desire takes precedent over truth and reality. And the secular society around us, and unfortunately, even in the, the theological and Christian circles today, we're saying, it's okay. It's okay. Just do what you want. It's not okay. It's not okay. But we say, it's okay, and we coddle them instead of saying, listen, no, this is right, and this is wrong, and I don't care what you feel like or what you want or what you desire. We're going to do what's right no matter what. And that's where we have to get through. And these guys are like, listen, we don't care if you can't find anything wrong with him. What we want is for him to die. And so desire took precedent over truth. So then what you see is compromise. Compromise over truth. Look with me at verse 33. Pilate's going to go through the series of questions with Jesus and talking with him. He says, Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art and Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell thee of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Pilate asked Jesus. And he answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight. Then I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? 
And Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Every one that is of the truth heareth my voice. And then Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and said unto them, I find in him no fault at all. So Jesus has this conversation with Pilate and this topic of truth comes up. And Pilate understood the truth. There's no fault in this man. But these people won't listen. And so what does he do? He goes back out to the Jews. In verse 39, he says, I find no fault in him, but you have a custom that I should release unto you one at the Passover. Will you therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? And so Pilate says, listen, so let's compromise. And this is what we do in our world today. From the very foundation of our life, you have a child that won't, dis that won't obey. Instead of, listen, disciplining them and having them obey, you say, okay, well, if you don't want to do this, sweetie, what do you want to do? That question right there is probably the greatest issue in our society today. Let's be honest. We have kids, all the parents come to our, take their kids out of our school all the time. And we ask them, why, why, aren't, they, why aren't they coming back to ICA? Well, they, they decided they want to go to public school. They're in second grade. Let's be realistic here. All right, you need to step up and be the parent. But what do you want to do? Oh, you don't like this? Okay, what would you rather have? And so what we do is we, we compromise. Okay, okay, guys, now listen, we, we, I have no fault in him. And, and you know we have this custom that I'm going to release a prisoner to you. Now it's either Jesus or Barabbas. If you ask your kid, you want broccoli or you want Sour Patch Kids? I mean, let, let's be honest. In, in our flesh, in our, in our desires, in our selfishness, when we have that which is right and truth versus that which is not true and that which is detrimental to us ultimately, we look at the immediate and we want that which is what immediately going to gratify us, make us feel good, or what is, what is our desire. And so here he thought, listen, they're, gonna, they're not going to choose this guy who the Bible tells us in the next verse that he's a robber. And so now we find this, this compromise. Jesus or Barabbas. Hey, listen, we don't compromise on truth. We, we don't compromise on truth. But that's what we try to do in our society today. Well, listen, if you don't, don't want to give in, guess what? I'll find a church down the street who will let me do this or let me live the way that I want to live. And to that I say, hey, amen, praise the Lord. If you want to have a different belief system, if you want to compromise on truth, there's all kinds of churches out there that are going to let you do it. People leave our church. I, don't, I mean, I was going to say all the time. It's not all the time. But people leave our church and they go out because they don't like when people confront them about sin or we preach on sin or, or we preach truth and, and we try to hold to the truth. But they don't, we don't like that in our society. So what happens? Listen, you can find all kinds of churches. And listen, if you don't like the churches out there in our community, just go start one and people will come and join you. I mean, it's just a reality. That's why you see churches all over the place. Because somebody didn't like something, so they went and started another church. And it happens all the time. If you want to compromise, if you want to give in your own desires, you'll find people that'll, that'll give in to that desire. And so Pilate's trying to give them this compromise. 
And so he gives them the choice. And so then we finally see number five. And as we finish up here, truth, because of our opinions, because of our desire, truth ultimately is rejected. Then cried they all again, saying, not this man. We don't want truth. We don't want this Jesus, not this man, but Barabbas. And I think God gives us a sad commentary in the next, several, next few words. Now, Barabbas was a robber. That's, that's how far they've come. Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, who, who healed the blind and, and brought people back from the dead and, and, and has shown nothing but love and kindness and mercy, or a robber? Which one do you want? And men love darkness rather than light. And they've forsaken the truth. And so what do they say? We want the robber. We want what we want. We want our desires. We want you to give in to our opinions, to our viewpoints. We don't care what is the truth. So the truth is ultimately rejected. One author writing on this issue said, confronting our desires to the truth is harder in the short term, but easier in the long. We give up our need for control and submit to truth outside of us, which, if we were wrong about truth before, requires repentance rather than rationalization. We have to face up to the reality rather than trying to fit reality into our schemes. But the long-term outcome is freedom. Truth is freedom, and we are engaging with reality as it, truly, as it truly is. You see, Jesus has said, I am truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Religion might make you feel good about yourself, but it's not reality. You can be the most religious person, the most moral person in this room today and die in your sins and go to hell. But Jesus is truth. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, and if you've rejected that truth, then you are not a friend of God, no matter how quote-unquote good you try to be, but you're the enemy of God. You see, Jesus died for your sin. That's the truth. And Jesus is calling for all to come to repentance, to come to him to receive that free gift of salvation. That, that's the truth. And God doesn't want, to, want us to live for him out of a sense of, of debt and trying to earn favor with him. But because of our relationship with him through Jesus Christ, that is truth. God's word is true. God doesn't want us to come to the Bible and see it as a, a bunch of, of do's and don'ts, but he wants us to come to see it as instruction to help us live a life here that, and to have life and have it more abundantly, but to live a life that honors and glorifies him. You see, I found a long time ago, as I live for God, I have freedom. And the more I live for him and according to his word, the more freedom that I have in my life. 
You see many people try to preach and teach in our society that, that rules and standards and biblical principles is bondage. And that can't be farther, farther from the truth. You see, living for God is freedom. Following the word of God is, is freedom. And truth will set you free. But what you and I have to do is get over our opinions, get over our flesh, get over our desires, and say, listen, it doesn't matter what I want or what I think or even what I believe. What I have to come to understand is what is truth from God's word and God's expectation. And listen, despite me and, and everything I've been taught and everything I want, when I come to the word of God and I see what God's truth is, I got to be willing to change. I got to be willing to come to, to, to what God's word says and say, okay, this is truth. So this is what I'm going to live for and live by and apply to my life. But let's be honest. In order to do that, the hardest thing in life is you have to get over yourself. Because oftentimes we're in the way. And I want to encourage you today if you don't know Christ as your Savior, you got to get out of your way and get over yourself and come to Jesus Christ. Listen, if you're a Christian here today and you're living for the world on, during the week and you're battling with sin in your life, you got to get over yourself and you got to realize the damage that that sin and that life is going to have in your life and how much better it is to live according to the truth of God's Word.